you know, it's uh, an exhortation, uh, a talk, sermon, whatever you want to call it, should be for the building up of the ecclesia, for the strengthening of the minds of the individuals to uh, urge them to look more closely into the things that are talked about, to grasp the meaning, the understanding that it would increase our faith. doing all right? Um, the main thing that it should do is to bring glory to God and abasement to self. And I don't know if you're getting tired of this Song of Solomon or not because I could be on this for the next 10 years. I'm not going very fast at all. I uh, see things that I want to say myself. So I insert those in there because I believe that, that the, uh, whatever we can do to strengthen one another's minds in the faith will increase our faith and, and you know, Scripture says, Help thou mine unbelief and increase my faith. I'd like to, uh, I don't know if you know where we are or not, but uh, I'm sure it's kind of hard to follow along. But I'd like to recap just a little bit. It is recorded, Solomon spake 3,000 proverbs and 1,005 songs. That's a lot of speaking, a lot of writing. And this Song of Solomon is the one that's above every song that's in the book. The Song of Solomon. It's about the virgins, the bride, the bridegroom. You know, I'm kind of an unorthodox person. I... Uh, I like to talk to people and participate with them in what's going on. So if I were to ask you, who are these? Could you tell me? Who are the virgins? Huh? Oh, I'm sorry. The ecclesial members, that's right. The individual members, that's what the virgins are. Who is the bride? Christ. Who is the bride? Pardon? The ecclesial, uh, the ecclesia, the body of Christ. That's the bride. The individual members make up the body of Christ, the bride. And who is the bridegroom? That's Christ, that's right. That's who it is, that's Christ. He's the bridegroom. So the individual members are the virgins. The bride the, the, is the uh, compact of all the members together. And that's the bride and the bridegroom is Christ. We take, we take as it were, the position of the female in submission 
to her husband, the bride in submission to her husband. We all have, have been associated with that, being married, we know what that's all about, except the younger ones, you know, that haven't taken that on yet. We talked about the bride's beloved, who is a groom, that he, Christ, is the center and incentive of her existence. Christ is the center and the incentive of our existence. That's where our, our life is hid with Christ in God. Then we had the kisses of his mouth. And, in, uh, and uh, you know, some young boys may not understand that or, or know what that's all about, you know. Uh, but in ancient times, a kiss had more meaning than it does today. Had much more meaning. It, uh, it was for allegiance, for compassion, forgiveness, restoration, friendship, affection, love, and adoration, which is worship. That's what a kiss meant. Uh, you've seen on TV, no doubt, these foreign nations. They still do that. They, they hug on this side and hug on that side. Uh, it's, a, it's a kissing, a greeting, a salutation. The kisses of the mouth. True and right words are as a kiss of the mouth. True and right words. That's what we're talking about. It was that which came from his mouth, from the groom's mouth, from the mouth of God, that the bride adored. For he spake as never man spake. So if we interpret that, what it's talking about is she desired the words that came from his mouth. The words that gave her strength and courage and increased her faith to hold fast to the things that are eternal. For thy love is better than wine. What does wine do? It cheers God and man, is what the Bible says. It is used as a symbol of a new life dedicated to him, God. It was identified with Christ's blood poured out with the wine he passed to his disciples. Now, we talked before about this book, The Song of Solomon, and I want you to be sure and understand that it's a, it's a book expressive of, not, not expressive of uh, sensual desire. It's not that kind of a book at all. It's, uh, it's devoted to the life we live in Christ. We have put on his name. We must hold fast to that. And there are three words that, that uh, denote what love is. One is eros. This word is never used in the Bible. It is the word that relates to sensu, sensu. It is the word that relates to sensuality, and that's motivated by lust. Philio, this word is found in the Bible and in the 
original manuscripts, and this word expresses a tender affection of true friendship and a personal regard for others. And from this word comes phylos, which means a friend. And a, a agape, agape, agape love. This kind of love can be shown to an enemy as well as a friend. This word is never found outside the Bible. It relates to a self-sacrificing desire to serve, motivated by an enlightened mind. I just want us to know what this Song of Solomon is all about because I've heard I've heard a brother one time saying it was the most lustful love story he ever read. And that's not what it is. That is not what it is. Chapter 1, verses 3 through 6. We've done verse 1 and 2. <clears throat> the bride, although desiring the presence of her beloved, the bridegroom, she is yet full of doubts, magnifying her own imperfections. However, she is reassured by the attendant virgins, who see only her beauty. This natural reaction surely describes the bride in her present condition. The bride is called to a wonderful ideal, but at the present time, she recognizes her inabilities and her limitations, don't we? I do. I recognize my inabilities and my limitations in living the truth. We must put all our strength and effort into it. Now verse 3. First part is because of the savor of thy good ointment, which our brother Darwin read to us up here. Savor is flavor, taste, relish, scent. Ointment is that which soothes and heals. <clears throat> this is a virgin speaking, and they are speaking to the bride. They explain why they have been drawn to her, and they praise the beautiful perfume of her ointment, because it all comes together <clears throat> with the name she bears the bride of the bridegroom who is our Lord Jesus Christ a special ointment was made for the purpose of anointing those things and persons that were to be set apart for divine use let's look at Exodus 30 23-30 now brother Tony gave us a good talk last week on these various uh, herbs and uh, I'm not going into that I'm just going to use this to uh, about the that which is poured forth <coughs> the ointment Exodus 30 23 through 30 Take thou also unto thee principal spices of pure myrrh, 500 shekels, that was about 15 pounds, and of sweet cinnamon, half as much, about seven and a half pounds, even 250 shekels. And of sweet cinnamon, half so much, even 250 shekels and of sweet calamus 250 shekels 
and of cassia, 500 shekels, after the shekel of the sanctuary, and of oil, olive, and hen. And thou shalt make it in holy, and thou shalt make it in oil of holy ointment, and holy means separate. An ointment compound after the art of the apothecary or the perfumer. It shall be an holy anointing oil. And thou shalt anoint the tabernacle of the congregation therewith, and the ark of the testimony, and the table and all his vessels, and the candlestick and his vessels, and the altar of incense, and the altar of burnt offerings with all his vessels, and the labor and his foot. And thou shalt sanctify them, that they may be most holy, most separated. Whosoever toucheth them shall be holy. And thou shalt anoint Aaron and his sons, and consecrate them, that they may minister unto me in the priest's office. <coughs> this anointing oil made holy or separated those things or persons upon whom it was poured. So if it was on the tabernacle, it was on the tabernacle, on the mercy seat, on the table, all the utensils, upon Aaron and his sons to separate them. Let's read the psalm that we sang this morning, 133. Psalm 133. I really like this, this psalm. Psalm 133. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down the beard, even Aaron's beard, that went down to the skirts of his garment. It started on the top of his head and went clear down, all the way down him. He was anointed, separated. He was holy. As the dew of Hermon, and as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord commanded the blessing, even life forevermore. This reminded them that they were being set apart for divine use, which came from the eternal spirit. And they were to seek guidance from that spirit in order to effectively and correctly perform their duties. That same spirit word performs the same function upon us today. The word should have the same effect upon us today that it had upon them then. Let's read Hebrews 3 and 1. Hebrews 3 verse 1. Notice what he says here. Hebrews 3 verse 1. Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus. Look at what he calls us. Holy brethren, he calls us holy brethren, separated brethren. We are separated from something. Partakers of the heavenly calling. 
partakers of the hope in Christ of eternal life. Let's read 1 John 2 and 20. John 2 and setting apart, a dedicating, devoting to. And verse 27 defines it as the truth. But the anointing which ye have received of him abideth in you, and ye need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teacheth you of all things, and is true, and is no lie, and even as it hath taught you, ye shall abide in him, in Christ. So that was our, that's our position. And, let's see. John 6:63. 6, Six chapters, a long chapter, 63rd verse. It is the spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. And the truth that we have, that we hold fast to, that we believe in, is what we are anointed with. We are, it is poured out upon us. And what we have to do is to use that in our own lives to direct our paths that we correctly walk in light before him. In addition, in addition to its setting apart, Ointment is likened to gladness. Just look at Hebrews 1.19. You don't have to turn these up if you don't want to. But uh, we need to know what these are. Ointment is likened to gladness. Hebrews 1 and 9. Thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Therefore God, even thy God, hath anointed thee, poured out upon thee, the oil of gladness above thy fellows. It has a joyful effect of good counsel in Proverbs 27 and 9. Proverbs 27 and 9. 
joyful effects of good counsel. Ointment and perfume rejoice the heart. So doth the sweetness of a man's friend by hearty counsel. Ointment and perfume rejoice the heart. Just as the sweetness of a man's friend by hearty counsel. So when we receive good counsel from a friend, it has a joyful effect upon us. Used for healing and soothing, Isaiah 1 and 6. Look at what's being said here. Look at what's being said here. Uh, Isaiah starts out in a kind of, you, you think, a kind of a negative way. But uh, his book is written for the restoration of the children of Israel to their land, which we see today, and the joyfulness of the kingdom, and the understanding of him who will be king over all the earth in that day. Isaiah 1 and 6. From the sole of the foot, even unto the head. Now here's... Oh, Here's the sole of the foot. You all got a foot. You know what your sole is. So this, from the sole of the foot to the head, right up here, the complete total body, there is no soundness in it, but wounds and bruises and putrefying sores. They have not been closed, neither bound up, neither mollified or calmed or softened with ointment, with oil. That's the condition Israel was in. We see that Israel did not partake of the sweet fragrance of the healing balm or oil of God's word. And that's the condition they were in. Some was very costly in John 12, chapter... John the 12th chapter 1 through 3 and verse 7 Then Jesus six days before the Passover came to Bethany where Lazarus was which had been dead whom he raised from the dead there they made him a supper and Martha served but Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him then took Mary a pound of ointment of spikenard, very costly, and anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. Then said Jesus, Let her alone. Against the day of my burying, she hath kept this. So some was very costly, and that's what she used on Jesus. We can liken all this to the spirit word which our brother Paul says is able to make us wise unto salvation and to save our souls. To, to us, it is the sweet smell of the gospel and acts as a joyfulness with good counsel and for healing and soothing sinful flesh and can be purchased without money or price. Isaiah 55. It is very costly in that it was purchased, but 
with the precious blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's read John 15 and 12 through 17. I love this. This, uh, these words here. I want them read at my uh, end of the time. John 15, 12 through 17. This is my commandment that ye love one another as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. And he said, Ye are my friends, if ye do whatsoever I command you. Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends, for all things that I have heard of my Father I have made known unto you. And we are separated by the word that dwells in us. Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you, and ordained you, appointed you that ye should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain that whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name he may give it you these things I command you that ye love one another so the twelfth verse the commandment is that we love one another as he loves us and that uh, we love one another in the seventeenth verse how much did Christ love us? He laid down his life for us. We should lay down the, our lives for the brethren. It was the savor, the scent, the flavor, the smell of the good ointments, the healing balm of the bride that attracted the virgins. This, of course, would only be available when the ointments were poured forth or used. The savor or perfume of the Spirit Word is only valid when we are proclaiming and performing the truth. That is, when we are manifesting or making known in our own lives our Heavenly Father and His Son, in whom He, God, is well pleased. This we do when we let our light so shine that others may see our good works and give glory to our Father which is in heaven. Our brother Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 2, 14 through 17. Second Corinthians 2, 14 through 17. Now thanks be unto God, which always causeth us to triumph in Christ, and maketh manifest, or makes known, the savor, the fragrance, the smell, the flavor of his knowledge in us, by us, in every place. For we are unto God a sweet savor of Christ in them that are saved, and in them that perish. To the one we are the savior of death unto death, and yet to the other the savor of life and delight, and who is sufficient for those things. For we are not as many which corrupt or deal deceitfully in the word of God, but as of sincerity, but as of God, in the sight of God, speak we in Christ.
Christ or of Christ. Also in addressing the brethren at Philippi, Let's read Philippians 4 and 18, just a couple of books over. <laughs> Philippians 4 and 18. all or he had received all everything that he needed and abound he had plenty I am full having received of Epaphroditus the things which were sent from you an odor of a sweet smell a sacrifice acceptable well pleasing to God so what they were doing the Ecclesias were doing for the brethren who were in need it was a sweet savor a sacrifice unto God they were giving of themselves and that's that's pouring forth the Word of God so by our good works and actions we put forth the savor of the good ointment of the bride and where we manifest these things more virgins are drawn to the bride through the sweet scent of the good news the glad tidings the gospel more of verse 3 thy name is as ointment poured forth the bride is made up of the virgins many believers made into one body because she the bride has taken on the name of Christ that name which brings her into the family of God so that the name of Yahweh is named upon her upon us let's look at John 17 chapter 17 verses 6 11 and 26 Christ praying in the garden to his father about his those that his father had given into his hand I have manifested or made known thy name unto the men which thou gavest me out of the world thine they were and thou gavest them me and they have kept thy word 11 and now I am no more in the world but these are in the world and I come to thee Holy Father keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me that they may be one as we are and 26 them and I in them and that love is a is a gappy agape love it is essential upon all who stand in that relationship in the name the only name that's given under heaven among men whereby we must be saved therefore we must manifest in our own lives the attributes of our Heavenly Father and our Savior Christ Jesus so that they may be made known in our demeanor towards the world and towards our brethren. That being the case, the fragrance of that name is apparent and others are drawn to it. The name becomes more than just a word, for we see it in action 
and it becomes as ointment poured forth. So our faith and practice put into action should be to the glory of God. So when we speak to others about the truth, we are pouring forth the good ointment that it might be spread upon them that they might have ears to hear and hearken to the word of God. I was telling my class this morning, I'm finish re finishing reading the book, The Protesters, and it, it was a terrible thing that they did to those who believed what the Bible was saying, what God was saying. They, uh, they didn't seem to mind burning them at the stake at all. We are very fortunate to live at the time that we live. When we think of ointment, two women in scripture come into our minds. One was a sinner and the other was a saint. The sinner in her deep emotion washed the feet of our Lord with her tears and then anointed them with the precious ointment she had brought. Even though her sins were many, there were qualities in her character that far exceeded the cold indifference of the Pharisee. And the result of her action was the forgiveness of her sins and the promise of salvation through her faith, which is an action word. Faith is an action word. Belief, faith comes belief from belief and comes from the word pistis, which means action. It's an action word, we must do something. So we have done something in coming here, talking about the word, partaking of the memorials in remembrance of Christ. The other woman anointed both his head as a token of his kingly status, but also his feet. Listen, as expressive, remember we're the bride, we are the bride, Christ is the bridegroom. Expressive of her humil humility and submissiveness. She also wiped his feet with the hairs of her head, which was a token of her glory that she offered in humble service to her Lord. Her action, which was born of her love and understanding for her Lord, was expressive of her character. And as a result, the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. So if we, as part of the bride, will fill the ecclesia, Yahweh's house, with the perfume of the name, we can draw others to him. Verse 3 continued. Therefore do the virgins love thee. The bride symbolizes the ecclesia as a whole, whereas the virgins represent the individual members, which forms the bridal party. And so they come from both sexes, from all walks of life, and they are called virgins because they have kept themselves separate from the world. Let's look at Revelations 14, 4 through 5. Revelation 14, 4 and 5. These are they which were not defiled with women, for they are virgins. These are they which follow the Lamb whithersoever he goeth. 
These were redeemed from among men, being the firstfruits unto God and to the Lamb. And in their mouth was found no guile, for they are without fault before the throne of God. The word women means they were not guilty. They were not guilty of spiritual adultery with the false doctrines of the apostasy. The word women means they were not guilty of spiritual adultery with the false doctrine of the apostasy. They are virgins because they are faithful to Christ and are attracted to the bride because she represents the ideal to which they are called, striving to attain that goal. This word love is to have affection, desire, to breathe after or to long for. And that is our position where we want to breathe after, to long for, to desire for the return of the bridegroom, Christ Jesus our Lord. And as I stand up here this morning, it's it's so good again, as Brother Darwin said, to look out and see Sister Paulette here. I'm thankful that God has had mercy upon her and given her health again. But let our lives be such that we show forth, pour out the Spirit of God upon others. And I'm talking about teaching them the Word, not pouring the Holy Spirit on them, but teaching them the Word of Truth, that they might understand and know and have that hope of eternal life that we have. Thank you.